Hey everybody, welcome back to the Energy Fitness Podcast. Uh, thank you guys for reaching out with your questions on the hydration episode. Uh, in particular, uh, you know, there was a lot of questions in person that were, that were handled really easily um, and answered efficiently, but this is something that I thought required an entire episode. Uh, I talked a little bit in the hydration episode about uh, the human gut, the human microbiome, the gut microbiome and how it's designed most specifically um, for animal-based nutrition. And uh, and so I had a lot of people reach out and ask some questions about that. Um, if you've read my first book uh, that I wrote with my wife, Caitlin, Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, um, you'll read that primarily we eat, uh, would call it like a paleo if it had to be like labeled under like something in particular. Like we still enjoy, you know, modern foods and recipes and things like that. But we optimize them so that we get organ meats, we're getting nose to tail nutrition. Um, you know, I've even, I've even dived or dove into um, like straight carnivore eating um, at months at a time before and which is animal based products only um, I personally thrive the most if I am eating nose to tail um, you know I'm getting a, a protein goal of about 0.8 grams per pound that I weigh every single day I'm getting most of those grams of protein from you know, ruminant animals, which is, again, like your four-chambered stomach um, animal, red meat. Uh, if I'm getting it from that, like nose to tail, um, and then I'm eating a lot of fruits, like fruits are my snacks. Um, if I do that, I eat some, like I, I still enjoy sweet potato, um, even a red potato once in a while. Um, if you eat a, like a regular red potato, uh, if you eat it, or a purple potato, or whatever, if you, or yellow potato, um, just not your regular Idaho potato. To potato. <laughs> Don't eat those. Um, they're garbage, full of glyphosate, pesticides directly in the DNA of them. Do not eat Idaho potatoes. Um, but other potatoes, uh, you know, they get a pretty bad rap but because they are a nightshade vegetable. Um, and they're not the best for you. But I love the flavor. Some butter, some raw butter on them. Um, but if you eat them cold then you're not going to get the insulin response. Your blood sugar is not going to, you know, shoot through the roof after you eat them. But, um, but anyway, some of the questions kind of, kind of highlighted, um, like what exactly is like the carnivore diet? Um, what do I normally recommend to clients that, you know, I bring on and you know, what kind of diet per se do I recommend and I just want to stop right there and say I don't recommend any particular diet to anybody um, and that's because what works for me does not work for everybody else some people they just can't even stomach the idea of eating organ meats and that's okay I understand it's not like I just woke up one morning and you know could eat raw liver and uh, you know it doesn't work like that um, there's a, there's a progress and some people just will never be there and that's okay. I understand that So I don't recommend any diet at all um, I certainly would never recommend like a vegan diet if there was any diet that I definitely would not recommend um, It would be a vegan diet and that's because of the lack of bioavailable nutrients and the fact that Anybody that goes vegan for any length of time like six months or greater uh, their health begins to deteriorate pretty badly plus I am heavily into fitness um, I believe in being you know basically warrior ready I believe in being as fit and powerful as possible and it is extremely difficult to do that on the vegan diet and anyone who tells you that they are doing that on a vegan diet uh, they're leaving out a lot of information uh, number one they're taking supplements that come from animal-based products such as creatine or whey protein or casein protein or you know other proteins um, they're also more than likely this is the case in most most of the cases 
they're using steroids or they're on a testosterone replacement therapy, TRT, or another HRT, where they're probably also getting some HGH and other things. So uh, you'll see on the Instagram and, and the web, people love to lie because it sells things. And so I, I talked about this a little bit in the stop taking health advice, health and fitness advice for people who aren't health and fit, healthy and fit. And, uh, and part of that spectrum is, you know, people lie. Uh, and because there's so much political shit wrapped up in veganism right now, which really kind of sucks, uh, people can get wrapped up in that really easily. And then they have to defend that diet and they wind up staying in it um, for much longer than their body can handle. There's a great book called The Vegetarian Myth by Lierre Keith, who my friend Jonathan Alba interviewed on his podcast, Our, the ISSR, Our Society podcast. Um, and her book, The Vegetarian Myth, is a fantastic book. It highlights that exact thing, how she was a vegan for some 20 years. And she just, she knew it was horrible for her. Her body was falling apart. Uh, she was developing autoimmune diseases and things because of lack of nutrients. And she knew there was a problem, but it, took her so long to finally admit that she had been wrong because she had uh, she had set up her life in a way where she was like an evangelist uh, for the vegan diet and it was you know an influencer for it and blah 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 so anyways if there's any diet that I definitely would not recommend it would be the vegan diet um, vegetarian seems to work for some people right but vegetarian means that you're including some dairy um, you're including eggs you know, you're, you're including some other animal-based products that carry a lot of amino acids, a really good essential amino acid profile that's going to keep you strong, it's gonna keep your muscles going, it's gonna give you some good uh, bioavailable protein, it's gonna keep you going. Um, there's like, I lean more towards the ancestral diets, like your ancestrally consistent diets. Um, there's a great book that I've talked about a few times that um, actually, again, my friend Jonathan Alba recommended to me, and it's the Eat For Your Type book. It's about your DNA. If you know what blood type you are, um, that plays a lot into the type of stomach acidity that you have, um, and it's because of our ancestry, your genealogy, you know, what your ancestors ate for a long time. You know, eventually our microbiome changes, that gets passed on generation after generation. Uh, certain enzymes become a part of our makeup, um, just like certain people, um, like type A blood type people um, are much better at um, digesting fiber. You know, most of our population can't digest fiber. Um, fiber is almost indigestible. Even the people, like I just said, type A can normally digest it a little bit better. It's still not like even 80% digestible. So. That's why when you eat fiber, you just take big dumps. Um, it doesn't actually, <laughs> there's not actually a lot of nutrients that the human body can pull from it. Um, so some of the diet recommendations that Caitlin and I do provide and have always provided because no matter who you are, these are things that are going to help you. And they're more, they're more macro nutrient based. Now we recommend that people start mineralizing their water um, which is something I talked about in the hydration podcast. Just, <clears throat> just mineralize your water. Add something to your water, especially if you're drinking distilled water, or tap water, or bottled water. Add some minerals to it. Uh, that way, you're actually getting some uh, some true hydration, some minerals in your body. And then, to whatever wherever your protein's coming from, I always recommend at least 0.8 grams per pound that you weigh. And everyone I work with, um, they're also on some sort of activity plan as well, even if they're starting from like bare bones, um, there's some activity. And so when you start moving your body uh, and you're trying to lose fat, you need to get that protein up. Um, and then number two is, or number three, I'm sorry, is like limiting processed carbohydrates. So again, I'm not telling anyone that they need to go carnivore or paleo or whatever um, but I do recommend like processed carbohydrates processed sugars you know things with high fructose corn syrup um, things like that 
seed oils. Um, those are two things that I always recommend you eliminate right off the bat. Um, just, just get rid of them. Stop cooking with seed oils. Um, when you cook with the seed oil, it turns into trans fat. Trans fat kills you. And there's a great book that dives really deep into that by Catherine and Luke Shanahan called Deep Nutrition. Um, Catherine goes really deep into um, PUFAs, polyunsaturated fatty acids, trans fats, and what happens when you cook seed oils. I uh, highly recommend that book. I recommend that book all the time. It's one of my favorite books. Really opened up my eyes to seed oils and how seed oils are, are not good for human beings. Um, sometimes they're, they're okay like on your skin, um, things like that. You know, I don't, don't want to turn anybody off to that because there has been some evidence that shows a lot of good benefit in using them on your skin, just not digesting them. When they get in your body, when you cook with them, you heat them up, turns into trans fat, got a bad deal. Um, you can read Deep Nutrition or you can read um, my book, Awakening the Tranquil Warrior. I dive more into that as well. Um, me personally, I've been off and on kind of the carnivore-ish type diet um, for quite a long time, um, about eight years off and on, um, because I tried a lot of different things. I tried the vegan thing. It was it was not good for me. Um, very tired, very moody. Um, it just it wasn't working. Uh, I tried. I tried the keto thing, um, just that, eating that much fat um, was a lot for me, didn't really work for me. Um, I kind of, I kind of fell upon like the carnivore thing. My little brother, Adam, had mentioned to me this guy named Mark Seeson, and he's like a bodybuilder who's been carnivore for quite some years. And, uh, and when he first told me about him, I thought, well, that's crazy for somebody to just only eat, you know, animal-based products and be healthy. Like, our, the whole world view in, in the States here is that you have to eat vegetables, you have to eat fruit, you have to eat grains, you know, all these things. Um, and it's just, it's not true. So when he told me about it, I, uh, I started doing some research. And then I fell upon Paul Saladino's work. Um, eventually wound up, his book came out um, a few years after that, The Carnivore Code. Um, it's a fantastic book, and he, he really dives into, you know, the truly human diet, ancestrally consistent. And, uh, and it mostly has to do with the bioavailability of nutrients and minerals. Because every nutrient, every mineral has many different forms there's not just one uh, vitamin a <laughs> there's not just one vitamin b um, there's not just one vitamin k um, there's not just one type of magnesium there's there's many different types and some of them are indigestible to humans some of them are hard to digest but are digestible and some of them are very bioavailable and the conversion rate is 100% or 90% or 80% or whatever, much better than you know the 20% or so roughly that fiber can be for the people who can actually digest fiber. Um, so, and he dives pretty deep into that. Uh, Paul Saladino is a, he's a medical doctor. Uh, he's a very smart guy. Um, I incorporate a lot of fruits in my diet because when I when I first started doing that, I realized, wow, this supplies me a lot of energy. Um, I feel good. It really supports my exercise routine, uh, supports my cognitive function, my attitude. Like, I feel really good on it. The only problem I had was that the food is a little bit bland. Our taste buds have been uh, pretty destroyed uh, genealogically, <laughs> especially our generation and our parents' generation from just modern foods in general and so it can be really boring eating you know ground bison ground elk you know elk liver elk heart uh, bison heart cow heart chicken heart whatever it can it can get boring um, and you wouldn't think that like steak and eggs could get boring but after a couple months it does it takes a while but it does get boring and so you know I eat a lot of fruits as well uh, I, I like mango you know, banana, apple, apples, like my favorite pre-workout, um, sometimes even post-workout. 
some some light uh, carbohydrates. But that's that's kind of what I fell into. Like he like that Paul Saladino really breaks it down when you talk about like um, you know beta carotene is uh, also known as or referred to as vitamin A. Um, and you hear a beta carrot carotene um, because carrots have a lot of it. And this is true, carrots have a ton of beta carotene. The problem is, is that <clears throat> beta carotene is a horrible source of vitamin A. Um, they tell you that there's, you know, vitamin A and, uh, and that it's good for you. It's, it's not, carrots are awful. The bioavailability, not the carrots are awful. Um, the beta carotene is not a supplement for uh, getting good vitamin A levels. There was a study years ago where uh, people in impoverished nations, like third world countries, where like they're just allowed to eat like uh, the only food they have is like corn porridge, they get really fucking sick. They die really young, um, and they develop a thing called night blindness, um, and sometimes blindness altogether. And that's specifically caused uh, by not having adequate amount of vitamin A. And they did some studies on these people, which is unfortunate that they use these impoverished people to do studies on. But nonetheless, they did a study where uh, a group of children who had developed night blindness, which, like I said, is caused by lack of vitamin A, they fed them a heavy amount of carrots so that, you know, the, the purpose was to get them the vitamin A in a, in a cheap, efficient way. Um, and carrots were, were the way they would do that. Um, another group they gave liver. Liver is extremely high in vitamin A and it's also bioavailable. So while in the study I believe they were getting the same, what would be the same amount per day of vitamin A each group, um, the group that was eating carrots, um, they did not cure their night blindness. Um, some of the children you know, after several weeks, they never even returned. Uh, presumably, they died um, because that's that happens uh, when that's like an onset sign um, that nutrient deficiency causes death. And so, um, I'm not laughing because it's because it's funny. It's more of an ironic thing that the I the group that had uh, the liver, they were eating the liver. Um, not only did they all continue to return, but they all had uh, rectified their night blindness. They no longer had night blindness. And also there was some other obvious observable improvements in their life. And what they should have done was then start supplementing these people in these impoverished countries with liver. Um, instead they, they you know just withdrew and that was like the end of it. But uh, they could have saved a lot of people in the process there, but uh, point being is that the bioavailability of nutrients, and that's really what that study showed on a scientific level, was that uh, while carrots, you know, do provide some other nutrients and they're uh, they're a decent um, they're a decent food, when you're actually talking about the bioavailability of nutrients, uh, your your meat products are they're just more bioavailable, and that goes back to what I was talking about in the hydration podcast about just just our ancestry, just the way that human beings evolved. You know, we we were uh, we were pushed out of the forest, uh, out of the out of the tropics, out of the jungles. You know, a couple million years ago, um, probably because of some global, um, you know, some climate change was changing the environment, and you know, we were pushed out, and when we were pushed out. Our diet had to change from, at that point, those ancestors in that area, uh, it seemed as though we're eating a lot of, there was, it was a very omnivorous diet, so very split, uh, eating fruits, vegetables, even leaves. Um, I even read one time that maybe even bark had been a part of the diet. Um, and then also like small animals, just like a chimpanzee um, does today, like chimpanzees will eat you know, they'll eat animals, um, they'll eat, you know, whatever kind of meat that they can get their hands on. They also, of course, eat, um, you know, fruits and, you know, leaf, leaves and shit like that. But um, they also will eat meat, and that's something that uh, they don't, don't talk about a lot, but it's true. 
Um, in fact, most animals that you think are completely uh, herbivorous uh, will eat meat. Um, I've seen it several times. Um, so, anyhow, yeah. So they were they moved out of their home in uh, in said rainforest and were pushed out into like the prairies or grasslands or safari or whatever. And it was probably obvious pretty quickly that you know the abundance of fruit and you know leaves and plants that were edible was gone and so they had to resort to a different food source um, and then and this rapidly decreased the population of those ancestors and so the ancestors that were left they basically learned how to become scavengers like vultures or hyenas or coyotes like animals that come after the predator that's what they that's what they essentially learned how to do. Um, the predators were tough in the grasslands. They were large, and so was the prey. The prey was also tough and large. Um, so what they did is they, uh, they followed around predators, and uh, they picked up their scraps. Eventually, our ancestors learned how to hunt, um, probably again from watching those predators and you know developing the skills and then uh, over hundreds of thousands of years, we evolved in a pretty rapid way eating that type of food, our, our uh, brain and uh, other special organs, very dissimilar to chimps and bonobos, our sexual organs, because we had all this extra nutrition and minerals, our brains got enormous um, compared to our close relatives. Not only that, but our sexual organs got enormous too compared to our you know our close relatives in the genealogy and that's because we had a bunch of extra nutrients and extra minerals that our bodies could use for you know for specialty items and uh, and that's exactly what happened um, and you can read Shanna Swan's book uh, called Countdown to see how the lack of nutrients um, and minerals that's in our food today is starting to do the opposite where, uh, where sexual organs are getting uh, far less effective and uh, smaller for both men and women and uh, less functional, of course, and our brains have been shrinking pretty much since the advent of uh, agriculture. And um, this is a bad thing, I, I believe, anyhow. I mean, who wouldn't want a larger brain and a you know, a larger sexual unit it seems like a pretty obvious thing to me. <laughs> Maybe that was the one thing uh, that I read initially that made me go, oh yeah, I'm going nose to tail all the way, baby. <laughs> I don't know. But that's basically what happened. Um, as we became hunters, um, you know, all of a sudden we had whites around our eyes that allowed us to communicate um, with the way that we look. Um, so that our, our tribe mates could see what we were looking at. Uh, we evolved to get, you know, far less body hair, um, just hair in places where, you know, protects very special organs, you know, such as the hair on your head, helping to protect your brain, and your pubic hair um, to help protect very important reproductive organs um, from the sunshine. Um, but we lost most of our other hair to basically replace it with uh, more sweat glands so that we were able to cool ourselves more efficiently in the hot heat and also for endurance hunting uh, because we became the type of hunters that chased down a prey for you know potentially hours and hours and hours on end until that prey could no longer handle it and then we were able to to kill that prey and harvest that prey um, thankfully for us our ancestors still prioritized those those same foods they were eating as scavengers first such as like the brain um, you know the bone marrow they had adopted um, what most apex predators do when they get a kill is uh, they eat the liver uh, they eat the heart and a lot of times they eat the the sexual organs as well and so our ancestors did that uh, hunter-gatherer tribes today still do that when they get a kill um, they eat the liver they eat the heart. Uh, if they kill the male, they eat the testicles. Um, you know, I'm not really sure if they eat ovaries or not. Um, I'm not really sure if that's a thing. Um, but they then they eat your they eat the brain. They eat the you know the bone marrow, um, and then the muscle meat is last, which 
is something that they, you know, they would preserve um, a little bit longer and that supplied them the nutrients that they needed for times where they didn't have a, a kill. And so today we do the opposite. Um, we prioritize foods that um, were survival foods um, like, you know, like your plants, your grains in particular. There's a really good um, book called um, Grain Brain by Max Ligavere. Um, and he talks about how grains specifically uh, affect your brain in a very negative way. Uh, they also hurt your gut a lot. Um, grains are no good. If you're going to eat plants, I highly suggest fruit because it makes a lot of sense that the plant itself made that fruit for something to eat and then disperse the seeds somewhere else. Um, a lot of vegetables, uh, the plant doesn't want you to eat it. Uh, plants don't, you know, they're living as well. They're very sentient. In fact, they've been on this planet, you know, more than 100 million years before anything started to eat them. Um, so they're, they're far more even um, deserving of this planet than, uh, than the herbivores and the carnivores and, you know, everything else is. And so they developed ways to defend themselves against the critters that would move around and eat them and uh, they did so with chemicals and toxins and so a lot of plants have a lot of you know uh, plant toxins in them and of course in little amounts they don't hurt you there's even been some studies on like the hormesis which means like uh, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger hormesis um, there's been some studies on that that you know eating you know, like spicy food um, certain foods that you know like <laughs> like capsaicin is a chemical made by a plant and that chemical is not made for people to have hot wing challenges it was actually made by the plant to keep shit from eating it um, but humans are very risky um, and we must have found which science shows us today that certain chemicals like that um, actually can benefit you because of the that thing called hormesis what doesn't kill you makes you stronger uh, now obviously that I shouldn't say that without saying that the dose makes the poison. Um, people do die sometimes during those like hot wing challenges um, because they are uh, they are still you know, chemicals and, and toxins that can hurt you. So you know, be be smart. But the the point I'm getting at is that some plants don't want to be eaten at all, and so they're going to do a lot of things to try to make sure that they don't get eaten. While as an animal. Specific, specifically the ones that um, you know our ancestors figured out to eat our guts adjusted to over hundreds of thousands of years to eat and digest and get the the nutrients from minerals from very easy uh, those animals they can run quickly they can fight back and uh, and you know they have claws they have horns hooves you know very big strong animals um, so there's no toxins or chemical defense system inside of their meat inside of their body their defense system is you know is their body <laughs> and so it's it's different and Paul Saladino really dives into that um, when he talks uh, in his book the carnivore code he also has a podcast I think it's called the fundamental health podcast um, where he kind of dives into it he has recently um, changed his mind a little bit on more fruit which is where him and I differed previously is that I believed that fruit plays a pretty big role in human health um, and he's kind of changed his mind on that I do specifically if I had to choose a fruit in particular that I think is the best and the fruit that has served me the best um, is a, a, a type of fruit called a stone fruit and a, and a stone fruit is like uh, like a plum a um, an apricot um, a peach um, a fruit or like a mango um, a fruit that's got like a big pit in the middle of it and that pit you know inside of that pit is the seed so the fruit there's like the outer layer you know your skin and then you have your fruit the flesh of the fruit and then inside of that you have the pit which is protecting the seed and uh, and I think that that is it makes the most sense to me that those types of fruits would be the best for human beings because uh, the plant has already designed this big pit that's very hard um, you know it doesn't have good flavor to it uh, most of them are really bitter that keeps 
you know, an, uh, an herbivore or some type of animal that's trying to eat it keeps them from eating that pit. So then they can just toss, they toss that pit somewhere, they leave it somewhere, and then, you know, eventually that seed, you know, grows out, the, the pit cracks, the seed grows out of it, and voila, now you have a tree. Um, those fruits make the most sense to me, and specifically stone fruits like that. They're also really fucking sweet. Like, the flesh of the fruit itself is very sweet. And to me, it makes a lot of sense that the plant has made it specifically to attract or utilize some type of animal to move its seed somewhere else because, uh, you know, this fruit tree can't just throw its seeds. Um, you know, some plants, like, uh, if you can imagine what happens to a dandelion, it gets those, you know, those, uh, those flying seeds that you blow away and make a wish. Some plants do that, kind of like, uh, like mushrooms, they're a fungus, obviously, but um, they can disperse and repopulate um, by using the wind. Um, some plants learn how to do that. Other plants learn how to stick, like, burrs or stick the seed to a mammal. Um, if you've ever been hiking through the woods, um, you know, when you get back, you normally have all sorts of seeds and shit stuck to you. Uh, that's another way that plants can disperse their seeds. Uh, and then obviously another way they can disperse their seeds is by convincing an animal to eat the fruit and then disperse that seed somewhere else. Uh, now granted, that's, uh, that's a lot of work for that tree, so it better make sure that it's a, it's a good fruit for you to disperse somewhere. Um, and like with your berries and stuff like that, um, the plant wants you to eat the whole thing and then leave its seeds in a pile of fertilizer. And, you know, we don't really do that anymore because we use, you know, indoor sewage and plumbing and all that good stuff, which is uh, quite the amazing commodity. But um, those seeds, if you can imagine, like your strawberries, uh, the other berries, um, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, whatever, um, the seeds inside of them, if the plant, because the plants are very smart, so don't take that for granted, um, and they've been around for 100 million years before anything started to eat them, so they got quite a head start on us, um, they, if they are expecting you to repopulate, what's going to work is a seed that does not get digested because if it gets digested, then it's not gonna become a, a plant. So that seed is protected by things that are going to keep it from getting digested, which is why it somehow makes it through your acidic stomach, all the way through your intestines, and out, and is still able to grow into something. Um, tomatoes, tomato seeds are notorious for being able to do this. Now, tomatoes, um, they're fruit, but they're also in your in your nightshade family, um, which um, some people say are really bad. I fucking love tomatoes. I eat a lot of tomatoes. It's, uh, it's something I keep in my diet a lot, but um, in a lot of places where there's compost, and even where they use um, human-like feces compost, as disgusting as that sounds, um, you know, they use it for Resoiling farms in areas where they've completely depleted farmland and land in general and the soil because you know, they're not doing farming practices correctly and they're fertilizing the fuck out of them and monocropping the same field year after year after year, just depleting the soil, no natural shit to it, not regenerative the way that I believe it should be. And so they use human feces as fertilizer. Well, <clears throat> in these compounds, um, there's a ton of tomato, tomato plants growing in this compost, and it has nothing to do with them throwing tomatoes in the compost. It's from people eating them because it's all feces <laughs> that goes into there. And so that, those seeds, and if you ever see a tomato, when you eat a tomato seed, there's like a layer of um, like, uh, it's like a, like a membrane almost around the seed itself, and that is essentially what protects it all the way through your stomach you know, through your intestines, and then all the way out of you, um, basically protects it so that it can indeed become a seed. So, talking about diet, um, the type of diet that I, that works for me, that's what works for me really well, like I'm saying, is like a carnivore diet. When I first did it, I lost 
um, a significant amount of body fat was able to maintain muscle mass <clears throat> like I said though um, it's a little boring for me so I did add a lot of fruit to that learned uh, learned what kind of um, vegetables I get away with eating and still feel pretty good about um, I'm not real good with dairy dairy is not something that agrees with me all that well I have experimented with raw dairy I've experimented um, with A2 milk even A2 raw um, I have experimented a lot with that because I love dairy <laughs> I love cheese um, I love milk I love all those things now while <clears throat> like raw A2 dairy does treat me better than like a like like a regular whole milk um, from the grocery store um, it's still I do still get a reaction from that um, that um, is uncomfortable normally for me it's like a skin reaction and so I just avoid dairy altogether um, so it's not it's not really easy to shift your diet like that um, Caitlin and I spent years just fucking with how we ate because there's a lot of information out there um, if you don't agree with like the type of diet that I'm talking about that works for me <clears throat> and you've probably done some research on other diets if you've listened this far um, you've probably like thought of a million reasons why I'm wrong and you've defended your diet many times um, and that's what you run into that a lot when you're researching diets and until you've actually fucking tried it on yourself then shut the fuck up unless you've tried it on yourself for years and you've actually found what truly works for you and not because it fits a political fucking idealism or because it fits you know it makes you feel like a humanitarian or some fucking bullshit but it's actually truly healthy for you if that isn't the case then shut the fuck up and that's where I am because I tried vegan I tried keto I tried vegetarian um, that was awful for me vegetarian was not good at all because the dairy was hurting me <laughs> the vegetables were hurting me um, there's just a lot of stuff wrong there um, the vegan was not good for me at all even the chicken and rice diet you know like the bodybuilder style diet I did for a while um, that didn't work for me either I experimented with a lot of stuff and not just like for like a week at a time but for like three to six months at a time like because I wanted to be sure that what I was doing was working or not working so I experimented a lot with this stuff so did Caitlin and what we landed on is what I'm describing to you is like this ancestrally consistent diet now we source a lot of our food from like three different places number one is the Old Road Farm and they're located outside of Washington Pennsylvania they're a sponsor of this podcast and not just because we like them but because the food the nutrients in the food the the quality of the food is unbelievable it is so fucking good and we've been to the farm many times, many, many times, um, have a good relationship with the owners. And the way that they take care of their animals, the way that they take care of their farm, it's all regenerative, it's organic, it's pasture raised, They're, the animals are happy. Um, it's very natural. Carice Tressel um, is the owner, her and her husband, Alex Tressel. And Carice has been on the podcast before she um, she is a naturopathic doctor. She really cares and you can tell you can tell in the flavor profile of the products that come from her farm um, Her husband they, the way that they care is just unreal there them and their family. I highly suggest that you find If you're not local to us um, And you you know, you can't source from the old road farm I highly suggest that you take a look around you and find a regenerative organic you know, grass-fed and finished farm near you to get your animal foods from because the source matters a lot um, just eating ground meat from your local grocery store that is you know filled with hormones and they eat grain and their own uh, they're not eating their ancestrally consistent diet so they're inflamed they're diseased and then you eat their meat well, it's not going to help you. Um, it's not going to help you achieve the type of fitness and optimization that you want. So source good. 
So that's where one of our main sources is. That's where we get like all of our chicken hearts, uh, chicken liver. Um, we, got, we get a lot of meat from there. We get a lot of bones from there for bone broths because bone broths are fucking incredible. And it's fall now, so if you haven't made some bone broth yet, it's like the best time of year to make some bone broth. Um, they sell like chicken backs and stuff like that that are perfect for bone broth. Um, they also sell like stew chickens and things like that, which are like um, her, like the laying hens that no longer lay. Um, the, the stew and the bone broth that comes from it is like golden and thick and fatty and fucking delicious and extremely hydrating. And I should have mentioned that in the hydration episode. Bone broth is fucking phenomenal for hydrating. Oh man, I almost want to go back and edit that now. That's such a such a huge one right there. There's so much nutrition and uh, and hydration and bone broth. But anyhow, uh, there the second source is North Star Bison. And North Star Bison. Also, I had the owner Sean Grace on the podcast. Um, uh, like episode 20 something like that I'm not really sure and uh, and he was a fantastic guest he's he did the carnivore diet he's still on the carnivore diet um, I've shared some before and after pictures that he sent me of what he looked like before he went on carnivore and then after carnivore and it's fucking phenomenal it's it's incredible the way that his body changed and this happens for a lot of people I know it happened for me too and um, and they sell also they sell a bunch of different ground meat blends um, and so does the next company I'm going to talk about but North Star Bison they sell a lot of ground meat blends where you know if you can't stomach the idea of eating testicles even though they're so good for you or a liver or heart or something like that um, North Star Bison blends them up and mixes it with muscle meat and so it's just like hamburger and there's a very slight flavor difference but not enough that you're truly going to notice if you've cooked it into like I don't know meatloaf or uh, you know meatballs or you know whatever you turn the dish into you're not really gonna tell and so that's important because then you can get all those nutrients from the organ meats but you don't have to actually like cook a liver see a liver see a heart cook a heart you know what I mean and so that makes that really nice um, and they have a lot of different options too once in a while I'll get like a thymus gland an adrenal gland um, they sell a lot of different tongues they do help uh, primarily bison that's like their big thing, but they also source from other farms to get, they're also regenerative, you know, grass-fed infinite, pasture-raised, like as, as healthy as it gets. And the third place we get our meat from is uh, Force of Nature Meats. And they have the same different ground blends, you can mix it up. They have wild boar, they got, their they call it their ancestral blend. And that's the blend of ground meat that's like mixed with, there's like 12.5% heart, 12.5% liver. And then the rest of the 75% is muscle meat. And they do it with chicken, uh, they do it with uh, bison, elk, venison, cow, of course. And it's just phenomenal. Um, huge go-to for us. Um, it ensures that our children are getting that food um, as well. And then, of course, um, you know, bone marrow, almost all of our bone marrow comes from uh, once in a while we can find it. There's a Whole Foods near us that sometimes has it. Um, unfortunately, the quality isn't that great and it's, I don't think they know how to, they don't know how to store it very well. And so it, a lot of it seems to be bad, which really sucks. Um, but sometimes they have some good fresh bone marrow, um, which is delicious and nutritious. Um, and the North Star Bison also has a lot of different bone marrows as well. So those are like the places that we get our meat from and then as far as like fruit and stuff like that I always try to lean people towards as in season and as local as possible always organic because that ensures the minimal amount of pesticides um, and I didn't say zero because a lot of times organic fields are next to fields <laughs> that um, are uh, are not organic and so they get overspray you know things like that um, even in transit, sometimes they get some shit on them. So, um, organic, and I always recommend rinsing off your fruit, organic or not, and that's because of that. Um, but if you get organic, then you're you're limiting, you know, your uh, the, the pesticides that you get in your body, um, which are detrimental to human health. They're pesticides, which means they kill pests. Um, <clears throat> and believe it or not, the nervous system of an insect which is what most pests are, 
uh, in a human being, the nervous system is very fucking similar, um, even though we're, you know, in different animal kingdoms. And if it kills a pest, um, surely over time, again, the, do the dose makes the poison, but over time it does cause uh, interact, it, it causes um, intolerable responses in humans, um, suggesting uh, to leading some autoimmune diseases, um, some abnormalities, and you can go back to Shanna Swan's book on this, and it also, it hurts a lot of reproductive things as well. So, uh, go for organic, and then go for local, because then you're also, it helps with allergies, uh, it helps with like your immune system, uh, and then of course, if you can do in season, it's even better. Because then, again, allergies, immune system, signals from that plant to your body, blah, 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 just all the way around, it's going to be better for you. So, a couple things that I, I really recommend and to, to, like, I think fully answer some of the questions that I had on the hydration podcast um, referring to this type of diet is um, do what you can. So, eliminate or really really limit your processed sugar intake, your processed carbohydrates and, you know, grains. Limit those as much as you can. If you can eliminate them altogether, good for you. Um, we do live in a, a, like a, a modern world where I don't expect or even want anybody to, like, give up, you know, glories such as pizza or birthday cakes or things like that. So, like, limiting them. You know, not fully abstaining, just limiting them. Um, that's my greatest advice. Limit them on your regular day-to-day -day basis and on special occasions. You can have them. Um, you know, have fun. Enjoy your life. This is a beautiful fucking life. God has given us such a glorious world to live in. Don't be a complete stoic and just fucking hate everything and delay all gratification. I do believe that instant gratification can serve a, a very powerful you know, place in your heart and in your life. So, well, I do believe most things can be delayed and for the better. Um, sometimes you can fucking just have the slice of pizza. So, don't kill yourself over it. Also, don't take that as an opportunity to just eat fucking garbage every single day because I said that. Um, so limit those things big time. Increase your protein intake. Um, if, you, if you're a vegetarian or you're a vegan, I really, I really urge you to take a really deep dive into the research and, and just realize that you gotta get some red meat in your diet. You gotta get maybe eggs, dairy, something in your diet to help supplement with essential amino acids and some essential nutrients that you just can't get from plants. You're not getting the bioavailable forms of them. Your body will last a while without them. And if you are like a type A blood type, maybe even last a little bit longer than other people can, most of the population is not gonna do very well on that. And so that's, that's just the truth of it. I know that can offend some political hearts out there, but it's not a political thing um, at all. Uh, in fact, if you're getting your animals from like one of those three places that I mentioned, the Old Road Farm, um, North Star Bison, or Force of Nature Meats, your meat is coming from the best source possible. It is as similar to one of our ancestors hunting that meat caring for it, praying for it, really being thankful and grateful for that bounty is it's as close as you're going to get. It's not like you're, you know, what turned most people like against uh, eating meat uh, away from their ancestrally consistent diet and bioavailable nutritious foods. Besides the media was the fact that so much meat today and animals today are raised in a really inhumane way and it really is disgusting. And I have respect for people who change their diet because of their empathetic reasoning towards animals. I respect that. I see that. I feel that. And I don't suggest going all the way away from it. I just suggest being smarter about it. I love hunting. I'm 
a huge fan of hunting. I'm a huge fan of fishing. I'm a huge fan of cray fishing, just scavenging, foraging, uh, you know, all together. I really like that. And the connection that you have to the beast or the animal that you have taken its life, that spiritual connection is, uh, it's unrivaled. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to, to feel that gratitude and, you know, to thank that animal, to thank God, to thank, you know, the world around you, to thank nature for the ability to harvest that animal. And then part of showing, uh, you know, your blessing or gratitude towards that animal is eating it nose to tail, using as much of that animal as you can, not just <clears throat> like cutting the fucking back strap out and leaving that, you know, deer on the side of the road. That's heinous. That's disgusting. I, I can't stand when people fucking do that. There's so much more to that beast than just a back strap and even far more nutrient parts of the body. So if you know a hunter, or if you are a hunter, <clears throat> that's going to be some very good sourced food for you as well, for you and your family. So I hope that that, uh, I hope that covered, you know, a lot of the questions that people had. Again, I really, I really do thank you guys for reaching out with those questions. Um, I, I love that. I think this might be like a little under an hour when we're all wrapped up. Um, thank you again for reaching out with the questions. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Energy Fitness Podcast family. Um, as a quick reminder, just to wrap this up, the episode is sponsored by um, the book sales of Awakening the Tranquil Warrior and the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man, as well as your participation in uh, the Energy Fitness Studio in Washington, Pennsylvania, a yoga bar and kettlebell studio where you get your mind and your body and your soul right, get healthy and get fit. Also sponsored by the Old Road Farm, which I talked about in this episode. Um, you need to check them out at theoldroadfarm.com. It's that easy. Theoldroadfarm.com. Check them out. If you're local, get some badass regenerative meat from them. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think that's all I got, guys. So um, have a good rest of your fucking day. Have a good rest of your week. I hope that you're staying active. I hope you're staying hydrated. I hope you're keeping your body nourished giving it everything that your body needs. I hope that you took some from this episode that you can take home. You can help your family, you can help your friends, you can help your community, and, uh, and we can all thrive and be better than we were yesterday. So thanks again for tuning in, guys. Have a good rest of your day.